Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and Fan Reich Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with Fan Reich Sports. We are thankful for your listenership here today on this hump day, and uh, we are excited about the guest that we have coming up in just a moment. But before we get him on the line, Kyle, what's going on, dude? Hey, man, this is, uh, this is an exciting day. You know, we've, we've had, we've had first-round players on Draft Dudes, and I might be just as excited for our guest today as I was uh, when we had Jared Davis on Draft Dudes back in, in I believe, March. This is, this is a good day, I can tell already. Yes, yes, and Jared was great, and, um, and uh, you know, maybe we'll try to get uh, double up our, uh, our first-round prospects this coming year as we, we try to get more and more guests on the show to supplement the uh, – the analysis that we offer here on the podcast. I mean, let's let's call a spade this spade. I can only listen to you talk for so long before <laughs> I just need to hear some some other voices. Yes. Well, hey, likewise, Mr. Krabs. Yeah, well, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I get sick of tired of listening to myself talk. So we are joined now by a very special guest here on the Draft Dudes podcast, Mr. Lance Zerline of NFL.com. If you guys go on NFL.com, Pull up the draft profiles for prospects last couple of years. Uh, Lance is your guy, whether you know it or not. This is the guy that, that does all the groundwork on these and, and writes these out. Uh, he does terrific work. It's always fun, uh, at least uh, speaking for myself, Joe, when we go through and, and do some of these players 
and you're done, you get a chance to finally go out and look and see what other people uh, think of these players. Lance is one of those guys that always like to kind of foil my ideas off of. Uh, Lance also has a podcast uh, we highly recommend you guys check out. It's the Off Script podcast. covers uh, football, Houston area sports in general. Um, so great stuff. Lance, thanks for the time. Welcome to the show. And uh, I guess the first thing we want to ask you is your dad's been around coaching football for almost 40 years now. Um, as you were essentially a child of the sport and, and being around it so much with, with your dad's coaching history – uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what experiences you might have had as a kid, you know, being around dad and the teams that he was coaching and any influence that that might have had on you know, your eye for the game and kind of getting you on the pathway to where you are now? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. I, you know, I was somebody who just absolutely loved sports from an early age. Um, remember watching Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots from an early, early age, like, I don't know, age four. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I just was, gra- I just gravitated to all sports. So I played basketball when it's basketball time, baseball and baseball time, football, football time. There were no specialists when I grew up, you know, you just played the, the, the sports of the season. And, uh, yeah, my dad was a high school coach, uh, I guess by the time, uh, shortly after I was born, and uh, moved from Kansas when I was, I don't know, like one, two, to uh, to Abernathy, Texas, where he coached high school. He was a head coach in his twenties, uh, actually, and uh, moved to to Richmond Rosenberg, which is outside of of Houston. The uh, and he coached at the school where Quiz Rogers came, comes from, Lamar Consolidated, where I graduated from. And anyway, uh, he went from there to University of Houston. So. You know, the early the early stages, I, I you know, it's just high school football. I mean, you know, just I I didn't take much from that in terms of eye for the game or anything like that. But once he got into college, and by this time I was eight years old, um, that's when, you know, there were opportunities for me. He set up one of our rooms in our house. Uh, it went from being my brother's room, and my brother started sharing the room with me, and that room became the film room. And he would watch film in that room. And I remember him calling me into the – you know, he'd call me in every once in a while to take a look at the Miami Dolphins offensive line, like he'd be studying the Miami Dolphins offensive line. Or he was watching Michigan State tape, and he had me come in and take a look at uh, a young Kurt Gibson, who was a wide receiver at Michigan State, really talented one at that, obviously. And so I had opportunities here and there where he would show me, you know, different players or different plays. He showed me um, what a Raider front looked like early on when I was young. I still have memories of that. Uh, he used to be, you know, I used to take a look. There was a lot of split backfields when I was a kid. That was one of the things they would do. And he was always surprised as a kid. I could, I could kind of call it was going to be a run play or pass play. And I just noticed as a kid, there were just the splits of the, of the running backs were a little bit wider. That's all it was in the split backfield. And so, you know, he was always amazed that that was something that I had picked up just from, you know, just from watching the tape and just noticing tendencies, I guess, from, you know, from an early age. But, um, but I wasn't, you know, it's not one of those things where I was a, a child prodigy of watching tape. I was just, I just played, you know, I just went out and played football, basketball, baseball, and, and I had opportunities here and there. My dad coached uh, Cotton Bowls against Joe, my, his first year in college football, he coached against Joe Montana and the 
in the famous uh, what's called the Chicken Soup Bowl, where Joe Montana for Notre Dame went in. It's like I don't know minus five degrees in Dallas, and Joe Montana went in at halftime. Houston looked like they had an easy win against Notre Dame, and Montana brought them back. And that was a terrible ride back uh, from Dallas to Houston. I can tell you that that was a that was a terrible ride, and the roads were all icy. You just had you know that loss, and then uh, so I went back. To, to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl against Nebraska one year with University of Houston. Then they played in the Super Bowl against, and I swear to God, this is true. Skip Bayless was a writer for the Dallas Morning News, and he was a troll in 84. This is how long he's been a troll. This is not a lie. He called the University of Houston uh, football fans cockroaches, and the cockroaches are descending upon Dallas. And So he was trolling even back in 84. So this has been a long-term project for Skip. But, um, that was the year in 84 they played Doug Flutie, who had won the Heisman Trophy that year. So, you know, I got to see some some pretty cool events. As far as, you know, big-time players from University of Houston, they're guys that you may or may not remember. Um, uh, Simon Fletcher, who played with the Denver Broncos. There was uh, a guy named Leonard – let's see. Oh, my gosh. Leonard Mitchell. And it, Leonard Mitchell was a defensive lineman, a, a really good defensive lineman for University of Houston. They flipped him to offensive line and made him a tackle, and he was a Pro Bowl tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's stuff you don't you really don't see teams doing that with like first round picks anymore. That's 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 pretty unheard of. I mean, that's something you do with undrafted free agents or late round picks. Something Seattle might try to do. So, um, I, you know, that was something that was was pretty interesting to see. And of course, you know, I got to see some great players Southwest Conference days, like uh, Eric Dickerson. I mean. It was terrifying when, when my dad's U of H team was playing against the Pony Express and Eric Dickerson. And there was a ton of, you know, there was a lot of option play back then, a lot of veer play, because um, my dad got to coach that with, with the guy who really invented the veer, Bill Yeoman. And so um, SMU ran it better than anyone. I mean, they had Eric Dickerson. Just watching Eric Dickerson in college games was just, it was unbelievable to this day his height, weight, speed, the angular way. He's just a very unique running back. I haven't seen many backs uh, like him in my studies of the draft because he's just, you know, rare to be such a tall, angular back. You usually don't see those kind of backs that much anymore. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Great stuff. And, and I guess I kind of want to piggyback off of that because you're talking about like a generational type talent or or somebody who has a unique set of circumstances but is still very successful. Um, when, you're, when you're writing profiles without the overarching... A hierarchy of a team. You're not scouting for 
uh, a certain system or, or style of play. Mm-hmm. Or the coaches aren't looking for something in particular. Uh, you, yeah. you really uh, have a little <clears throat> extra liberty to you – know, you're, you're still looking for that ideal projection where he's going to fit Pest, but do you personally – do you feel like you have any favorite styles of a certain position, whether that's uh, like like a zone style offensive tackler into your offensive lineman? Yeah. Or let me address one thing first that you said because I think it's important that people realize this. You guys obviously recognize this. It, it's very challenging. You have to understand something now when you're doing this from a media standpoint. I don't care if you're a draft Nick, if you're a media, you know, if you're Todd McShay or Mayock or Jeremiah or Kuiper. I don't care who you are. It, it is, I think, actually more difficult to put grades on players and because it, I'm not necessarily saying it's more difficult, but the challenge is when NFL teams look at what you're doing and when fans look at what you're doing, you have to understand that, as you just alluded to, you are basically putting grades for every scheme, for every fit. So in your mind, you, of course, are going to have some biases where you see a guy fitting into a certain kind of scheme, but the reality is teams have it much better because an NFL scout, you know, I may, I have friends in the, in the league who are personnel men, general manager scouts who they already know this is the kind of players we go after. This is the kind of scheme we run defensively. So we can scratch these guys completely off the board. Now they may still put an eye on them to still write a guy up in case they change schemes or a guy becomes a free agent or whatever the case may be. But writing, writing a player up or giving a player a particular grade, your grade has to be based on something like a fit somewhere. And that I think is a challenging thing because teams get to fit them into their personal philosophies and schemes, but people like us who are doing it for a, a, you know, in a wide open forum, it, 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 you don't necessarily have a player plugged into a scheme unless you write that unless, and, and I try to do that with my profiles when I recognize that a guy is a scheme fit, like a zone scheme guard, which means he, he's not a fit for you know, a power team, if I think he doesn't have enough power, for example, or enough mass, I'll say could be scheme dependent or is scheme dependent. I'm sorry, dependent. I will mention that. I will, I will, if I see a scheme, a natural scheme fit, an up, up the field defensive tackle, a three technique, I'll say needs to be in a penetrating defensive front. Because I think it's important that you, you know, that you place guys in their proper category when they are a little bit more dependent upon scheme. Now, if you want to ask what my favorites are, I think my favorites, you know, will run along the line of, of mentors I've had. Um, Chris Ballard has been a mentor of mine for, for years, and he started off with Jerry Angelo and the Chicago Bears. And so one of the things that, you know, I'm always, I always love seeing guys who can get up the field like, you know, the Tommy Harris types who can get up the field and be disruptive. I like disruptors. I like, I like players, safeties, corners, um, uh, edge players, in, in, interior defenders, linebackers who are downhill. I like for them to disrupt the flow. So I favor players who are not just base players, but they're disruptive players who are looking to make you alter what you want to do offensively. That's, that's you know, if I'm a GM, I want disruptors. Now that doesn't mean now I've learned to appreciate two gap guys. I've learned to appreciate big, strong, you know, Alabama type defensive linemen who can't be moved because there's something to run fits and, and inability to be moved out of a gap that, you know, it, it just, it matters because it can shut down the running game. Um, 
I have gotten better at recognizing my biases against certain type, you know, in looking for certain types of pass rushers. And so now I am more aware of strength and power um, and the ability to not just go speed to power, but physically overmatch someone in front of you. Even if you're not a plus athlete, you know, that ability to overmatch somebody physically, it's important. And the same thing goes with offensive line. You know, I, I studied the run game under uh, the Texans with Alex Gibbs and, and Joe, I mean, and, uh, and, and Gary Kubiak. And, of course, I've watched run game stuff with my dad and learned from him for years and years as offensive line. So I've always liked those fluid players. And I'm always going to be, you know, body control, balance, strong hands. I love that with offensive linemen. However, a guy like Zeus Brown right now, uh, Orlando Brown, left tackle at Oklahoma, you know, three years ago, I might have dinged him a little harder. I, I've seen people already dinging him, and I think they're going to make a mistake because he's not the prettiest guy in his sets. But you know what? He doesn't get beat by speed all that often. He's big. He's tough to get around. He's got great length, and he shoots his hands with really good timing. So he gets his hands on opponents quickly. So you got to look at the end result and not get so caught up in the aesthetics sometimes. And I, that's something I've learned as well, not to get as – bogged down with with the aesthetics and line play of seeing a particular dancing bear or the smooth fluid graceful I still love that and I still you know I still get attached to that at times but I am much more aware that big men who play the game who have a level of functional athleticism will typically beat highly athletic big men who lack you know who lack mass that's that's just the way the game is played and you learn that over time Lance, Joe Marino here. Uh, one of my favorite parts about following your work is is keeping close tabs on your offensive line takes. And uh, there's some perception out there right now that the offensive line play in the NFL is really down. Um, what do you think about that? And is there something about the game right now that makes it difficult, more difficult to play offensive line than it has in years past? I think it is down, but I think one of the reasons that it is down, I think it's I think it's there's a, a series of things that have come together that have created this. Number one, so many teams in college play tempo now and play spread. I mean, we, we know that. You want to spread. You want to play tempo. you got to be in shape. Well, you look at the size of offensive linemen coming out every year, and there's not a lot of guys who are, who are you know, you have a few guys who are going to be 314, 315, 318, 320. Uh, but but in terms of just big, massive guy, you know, Cam Robinson, okay, that's a big guy. He's going to be a big guy. But you also see a lot of guys like Garrett Bowles who are going to struggle to get to 300 or stay much more than 300. And I think one of the reasons is because the tempo and, you know, the idea of playing fast and, and kind of staying lean as an offensive lineman, not lean, but you don't want a lot of excess fat because there is no rotational basis, you know, rotational offensive lineman, not really in college football. So you need to be able to play out there. And, and I think that lends itself to guys being a little bit lighter. Well, you get into the pros and you're too light and you'll get pushed around speed to power on the edge. And of course the big physical athletic interior defensive linemen. Cause I think, I think it's safe to say uh, the interior defensive linemen are more talented than the interior offensive linemen in pro football. It goes back to high school where a lot of times, and certainly college, where you're going to put your best players in a playmaking role, and that's going to be on the defensive line and not the offensive line if you have a choice. Um, I think the inability of coaches, and this is something my dad has complained about to me a little bit, is with the new collective bargaining, there's less time 
to work with players. There's less practice time. So you don't get to work the fundamentals as well. And, I, and, and that's the other thing. You know, the way colleges are, are, are operating with, with warp speed offenses, it's more about getting in the way and a lot less about technique. And even if you're a good college offensive line coach, you know, you're a little bit limited because as play speeds up, technique drops, especially as offensive linemen get fatigued. So I think learning proper technique on the pro level takes time. Uh, a lot of players are coming in without that level of, of, of technique work where it needs to be, at least where they had it in the past. And, you know, and certainly when so many underclassmen, record underclassmen come into the league as well, there's just another, you know, there's another example of guys not having the amount of, of technique work and experience that they need. So I think the lack of, of technique work, the inability of coaches to work with offensive linemen as often as they'd like to or they have in the past from a practice standpoint in the NFL. And then I think the, you know, I think the tempo and, and the scheme of the offenses in college football play into it as well. You add all that up and then you factor in how, how much talent gets funneled to the defensive side of the ball at an early age. And, and you recognize, yeah, they're, you know, it's, it's not easy to get consistent quality offensive line play. So Lance, uh, considering that and looking at all of the college football prospects available specifically on the offensive line and trying to peg these guys to the NFL, how has, uh, the, sp- the spread systems and the things you talked about, uh, just a moment ago, impact your evaluations. What are you looking for differently? Are you writing off certain schemes or or is there something about what you need to see players in those schemes uh, that impact your, your evaluation? And then uh, the last part of that would be anybody offensive line wise that you're pounding the table for right now with this uh, 2018 crop. Well, you never, uh, you never write off anybody ever due to scheme or anything like that. You just, it just makes your projections more difficult. Like, you know, I think, I think projecting drafts about projection, too many people make the mistake of, of grading now, which is fine, but anybody can grade. Now the challenge is seeing into the future and being able to project. And I think that's what more, you know, if I were to, to teach a class on, on grading um, for the draft, I would say one of the first things you have to get out of is you have to quit worrying about, about deciding whoever they are now is who they're always going to be and start figuring out, okay, whoever they are now is who they are now, but, but which one of those features, those areas are going to get better when the player gets bigger, stronger, gets more coaching, uh, gets more mature, whatever the case may be and, or into a different scheme. And so I think that you, it just makes projection tougher because the tape that you have is going to be the tape in a certain type of scheme. And if you're always working backwards and these and, and spread offenses, they don't have to, you don't have to pass pro as long ball comes out quickly. Uh, you know, you obviously for quarterbacks, that's a separate com, you know, conversation about predetermined reads and only reading half the field, but offensive linemen don't have to protect as long. The up-tempo offense gives them an advantage over the defensive linemen who are, who are gassed and they're not getting their best pass rush, uh, on a snap in snap out basis. And, um, they're in a passive, they're in a lot of passive sets, pass pro, pass pro, pass pro. They don't get a fire out with that same physical demeanor all the time if they're in that kind of offense. So um, it just makes it harder to project because you just don't see it as much. So I spend more time looking for plays that will show me, even if you don't have a lot of them, I need to go find some, maybe, maybe it's fourth and short. I need to go find something 
that that I can find out something I don't get to see on a snap in and snap out basis. As far as guys I'm pounding the table for, I mean I think Quentin Nelson is the best offensive lineman in the draft in, in, in what I've seen so far. But I haven't. Once again, I'm I'm not even. I did my summer work, and right now I'm, I'm waiting for all my my full uh, copy of the first four or five weeks of college football to come in, and I'll start uh, banging on that. But Quentin Nelson to me has size. He has bend. He has technique. He has physicality, nasty demeanor. I mean, that is a grinder uh, who can open holes and, and has the physical traits that you look for. But there are other guys like Trey Adams that really opened my eyes this summer from Washington. I thought Trey Adams was fantastic, but the problem was he didn't finish. He, he, he let guys slip out of the side and instead of latching on and finishing his blocks, whether it's pass pro or as a run blocker. He tend to let guys just kind of slide out at the last second and get into too many block, uh, too many tackles. You go watch that Alabama game, classic case. He looks great for the first half of the rep, first two-thirds of the rep, but he loses the last third of the rep, and his guys get in on plays. He's got to fix that. If he fixes it, he's got the athletic ability, he's got some strength, and he's got length, and he could be a guy who has an early-round tackle coming up. So, um you know, he's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on when the tape when my tape comes in and I really start to do my hard studying, which is probably going to be next week. And uh, uh, Quentin Nelson, Billy Price. I mean, I think it's going to be less about the tackles in this draft, and I think it's going to be more about those in- interior guys who are physical, strong, and good technicians. Lance, great stuff. Lance Zerline, uh, you can follow him on Twitter, Lance Zerline, Z-I-E-R-L-E-I-N. I nailed that, didn't I? You got it. All right, cool. You, so, you nailed it. <laughs> so, so you can follow him on Twitter there. Check out yep. all his reports on NFL.com. Uh, you can also catch his podcast, the Offscript Podcast, iTunes. You know, you guys know. I'm sure Lance has his ducks in a row. He's got him on the same spot, too. I'm well, like, and the other thing is, I just started last week's was the, the first episode, but um, I do the pick is in, which I did my first uh, draft podcast of the year on Sporto. So if you go to Sporto and just uh, – uh, just Google V Sporto and the pick is in. That's my draft podcast. There you go. So you guys get done draft dude, swing over, check that one out as well. Uh, Lance, again, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, look forward to getting some of your takes throughout the rest of the, the season into the wintertime and uh, hope to chat with you again sometime soon. Yeah, you guys do good work, man. Keep working that process. Stay open to your mistakes and, and get better every day. That's what it's about. Thank you, Lance. Well, Joe, your day's made. Lance just went on the record, threw out Billy Price. Uh, we've had a long-standing battle. I'm not quite as high on Billy as you are, <laughs> but Lance is on the record. Uh, what, a, what a great segment. You could tell that guy has just lived and breathed and been around the sport his entire life like he talked about at the very top of the, uh, the segment. Yeah, it, it, was, it was terrific. And, um, man, just it was one of those interviews that – I just wanted to get out of the way and let the man talk and, and so many great nuggets. I took notes. I don't know if you did the same. I was taking notes as he was talking there about certain things that, you know, I think will make me better as an evaluator and uh, something that uh, I think was really great for all of our listeners to hear. So, you know, thank you so much, Lance, for coming on and, and really hope uh, the listeners enjoyed this as much as I know you and I did. Oh, no doubt. So a couple quick reactions that I had when he talks about going out and having to like search for, for mm-hmm. contextual film, Georgia Tech, Shaq Mason. When Mason was mm-hmm. coming out from Tech, and you know, you're just dying to see him do a pass set because he's playing for it every single time. When he said that, that was like the first example that I had had come to my mind talking specifically about 
the scheme really handcuffs you, but you'll get it, – it won't be anywhere near the volume that you want – but I'm totally there with him where it's like, okay, if I'm watching a Georgia Tech game, I want to see third and 15 and just, just mm-hmm. see what I can get there for an offensive line. Yeah, one of my top takeaways, Kyle, was uh, Lance talked about focusing on the end result, not getting caught up with the aesthetics, yeah. which it, it really kind of goes into some of the stuff we talked about last week when we really detailed pass rushing and the art of pass rushing and all the many ways that you can do it, all the different size and skill sets and techniques. And, um, you know, if a guy is, is getting the job done and, and maybe it doesn't look like you want it to, is he always getting the job done? Cause if so, that's really important. That's a good football player. Thinking about a guy like, uh, like he mentioned with Orlando Brown, a lot of those offensive tackles that really comes into play. I think about a guy like Cordy Glenn, Cordy Glenn's a guy with 36 inch yep. arms. Yep. Everybody said, move him to guard. This guy's one of the top five or ten left tackles in the NFL. Uh, so he, I thought there was a lot to take away from his take on focusing on the end result and not getting so much caught up on the aesthetics when the end result's always good. Yeah, so uh, can we talk about how he's kind of – I'm on brand with him. I'm following his mold talking about offensive linemen. He likes fleet of foot, right, strong yeah. hands. He yeah. likes penetration defenders. I'm like, I'm nodding my head the whole time. Just keep. I'm like, keep your mic down, man. Just let the man talk. But I'm like, yes, great minds think alike. And then when he talked about, he was talking about defensive linemen. He talked about liking like Tommy Harris style penetration defenders and and finding appreciation and value for the two gap guys. I the name that came to mind was Dalvin Tomlinson, right? Like you you swing over to NFL.com, look up his draft profile for Dalvin Tomlinson. He had Dalvin slotted round three, round four. As far as a projection, he went 55. And I had him lower than that. I I thought Dalvin kind of gives you one dimension. I didn't really value that dimension. I think that's a valuable kind of turning point for me. And I didn't dog the Giants for the pick because I understood why they made the pick, right? Like they had just lost a key piece of the inside interior offensive line. He fits that mold. I didn't necessarily agree with the value, but it made me feel better knowing Lance said, oh, you know what, this is a late day two, early day three. I had him, like, I think round five was my valuation for Tomlinson. So, But as a second-round player, you just have a very set point of expectations as far as what you're going to get for that player. And I think Lance did a nice job kind of summarizing um, there is a value. And if a team needs that value, then – you you really cannot get down on them because they are picking to their system. They're picking to their current roster, and they're, they're trying to lay out a long-term plan for sustainable success. Yeah, that was one of my major takeaways as well. And, and contrasting that to what we do as media – um, you know, not scouting for a specific team or system or, you know, with the philosophies of a head coach and you know, just the way that they want football players to be. Um, it, it is a very different dynamic. And, and it speaks to some of the changes that, you know, you've you've talked about and, and you and I have both talked about in our process this year for people that buy our draft guides and, and have bought them in the past and will buy them in the future. Well, that's one thing that we're really focusing on is 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 getting into more scheme specific um, mentions and, and talking about their ideal roles because that impacts everything. It, it really does. And, and, you know, certain players skill set is going to be more valuable to some teams than it will others, other teams that may have no value. 
So uh, big takeaway from that and really like the, you know, this is the second guy really well connected to the NFL, at least that we've talked to that really mentioned that being an important part of our, our work going forward. And, and I think, uh, you know, as we try to be that 33rd NFL franchise, that's something that I'm really happy to continue to hear affirmation about in our process. Oh, for sure. Uh, that is going to do it for us today here on the Draft Dudes. Thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening to Lance talk as much as we did. Uh, he was tremendous. You know, he he's done did combine coverage last year for NFL Network, and uh, he is all over that website when it becomes December through April. Uh, he's one of the best of the best. We're very lucky to, to have the chance to have him on today's show. Hope you guys appreciated it. Um, we're going to start looking towards a couple more guests, Joe. In the future, we've thrown some names mm-hmm. around. We're going to reach out to some people. My producer's going to do some legwork there this afternoon. Yes. So, yeah, you know, that's it. Spoiler alert, I'm the producer. Um, If you enjoyed today's episode, we are planning on having more guests on, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow along with us throughout this scouting journey for the fall of 2017-2018 draft cycle. Uh, iTunes, leave us a subscription there. Uh, Let us know what you think. Give us a review, hopefully five stars. I like five-star reviews, personally. I don't want to speak for Joe, but uh, any feedback that you guys have, you can also hit us up on social media. I am at NDT Scouting on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. And you can also swing over to NDT Scouting and keep up with our latest notes. We are continuing to know college football games every single week, more than 10 games a week. We're, we're really trying to take the full, comprehensive approach, paint as detailed of a picture as we can for you guys. We'll be back on Friday to detail week six of college football. This is halfway mark of regular season, Joe, believe it or not. So uh, it's time to get the ball rolling. You know, we're going to start looking at some players non-draft eligible and look at maybe doing some film assessment. So it's that time of year. You guys want to make sure you tag along with us. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Swing back over on Friday, and we will talk to you then. Audible is making summer a little bit sweeter for Amazon Prime members. For a limited time, you can join for just $4.95 a month for your first three months and enjoy the stories you love outdoors. Use the Audible app and sit poolside with J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or hit the beach with Stephen King's The Outsider. You'll get one credit a month good for any audiobook. Exchange any you don't like. Summer is the perfect time for this Prime member offer. Get it now at audible.com prime. What does your morning sound like? Uh, goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.